Good day and welcome to the Waystations Ministries podcast. I'm Greg Spencer with a light for your journey and a good word for the road. It's great to be traveling together and I thank you for coming with me. Let's ride together for a while. Hi friends, it's Greg from Waystations Ministries and our weekly podcast. It is great to be with you once again, and uh, I hope that you had a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday. I hope that it was abundant, and that means more than just food and good times. It is meaning inside your heart and life. I hope it was a great weekend and a great time with people that you care about and who care about you. I hope that you found it fulfilling and maybe gave you a little bit of encouragement as we go forward in this into the winter and into all that it has in store for us and for the new year too <laughs> well in church circles what we do is we celebrate seasons and we think about how god relates to those seasons and uh, sometimes those seasons are spiritual in this case i would like to talk to you a little bit about a way of seeing things differently a way of living well through or in spite of what is going on around us. And so the reference is from the book of Revelation in chapter 21, which is at the climax of the story of the victory of God over all things. In verses 3 through 5, the scripture says this, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among humans. He will dwell with them. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. And the one who is seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Also, he said, write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. Well, that is a scripture that comes at the very end of the Bible. That's when uh, the lousy stuff is all gone and the wonderful new creation is at hand. Now, a lot of people, when they read that text, think about uh, life after death. They think about eternal life in heaven, and they think everything's great and wonderful and no sadness and you know, all the references to the scripture. Well, that's okay. <laughs> but I don't think that the uh, Apostle John, I don't think he was writing for the idea of some far off distant future. I don't think he was writing about life after death. I think what he was writing about was giving hope to people about the victory of God in their midst. I think what they were, what he was writing about is to help people to have hope and to understand how God works. Now, this doesn't just come from the book of Revelation. It also comes from the Gospel of John, where Jesus says to the disciples, I will be with you. The Holy Spirit and God will make their homes in your hearts. And in the Gospel of Matthew, at the end of the book, in chapter 28, he says, I will be with you always even to the end of the age. Well, we've got to give a little bit of room. If God's saying this over and over and over again, not just at the end, 
then we need to take a look at what that means. And maybe we'll start to see a different way of understanding. For example, the home of God is among humans. He will dwell with them and they will be his peoples. Notice it's peoples. There's lots of peoples in the world, isn't there? Different communities, different traditions, different races, different in many different ways. All of them are with God dwelling among them. All of them are loved and cherished by God. And God will be with all of them, all of us. Now that is a tremendous promise. It takes a long time for us to figure out what that means and to be a part of making that happen. But it is part of our responsibility and privilege, as well as a hope. We do hope for peace. We do hope to get along. We do would like to see an end to war, an end to terrorism, an end to uh, oh, judgmentalism, a, a division, conflict, an end to suffering. These are things we want to see happen. Unfortunately, we sometimes think that that's in somebody else's hands or someone else's responsibilities. And I'm not sure it is. I think a lot of that is up to us. How we care for each other is one of the ways that God reveals God's presence in our midst. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Well, how are tears wiped away from our eyes these days? Usually, I think, it comes from people who care about us and are sensitive to us. Sometimes it's just from listening. Sometimes it's offering advice. Sometimes it's putting an arm around our shoulder and helping us to feel like we're not alone. There are lots of ways that tears are wiped away by people who care. Death will be no more. Well, what's that all about? Well, what are we afraid of most? <laughs> we don't want to die. We'd like to live well. We'd like to live long. And we'd like to live forever. Well, that's the promise here, isn't it? Death will be no more. Well, maybe death needs to be defined a little bit more than the ending of physical existence. How many things die? How many relationships die? How many uh, times or experiences die in our lives? Mourning and crying and pain won't be there anymore. Maybe we don't have to be afraid. Maybe we can accept the changes that take place. Maybe we can say, okay, maybe we can accept that things change and we have to adapt to them, and that's okay. Maybe we have to leave some things behind. That's okay. When it becomes okay with us, we're not afraid of it, and we don't allow our lives to be overwhelmed by grief with it. Instead, we say, I'm living through it, and this was a part. I remember a spiritual giant that I really admired was Anthony DeMello, who was a Jesuit priest. And one of the things that he taught was how we sometimes victimize ourselves by clinging, clinging to the past or clinging to things that we like or the way we want things to be. And in my ministry, I've seen that happen with a lot of people. They think it should be a certain way, their way, or a way that they're familiar with. And because it's not, they make themselves miserable. And they make others miserable, too, by sharing their dismay. Well, we're thinking about God's kingdom. And if God's kingdom doesn't allow for that, then maybe we shouldn't allow for that. 
See, I like to think that we become citizens of that kingdom when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, that eternal life begins then, that we are already creatures created by God and loved by God and intended by God to abide with God forever. So when we accept that, then we accept a way of life that refuses to allow death to be so important. We don't want fear to rule our lives. We don't want mourning or crying or pain to rule our lives. So we let them go. It's hard to do sometimes. Sometimes we have to work a little bit at it. Sometimes we have to endure until we're able to do that. But I don't think it's impossible for us, as we talked about last time. The one who is seated on the throne says, See, I am making all things new. Well, that means everything. That doesn't mean some things. It means everything. It means all of us are made new. Sometimes we've known what it's like to be lonely and then have a new relationship form, and the joy that that brings just fills our hearts, and all the dismay of the past is let go, and all the joy of the present and the future and the hope that it brings replaces it. Well, this is what we're talking about. The, the God who loves us intends for us to be made new, no longer bound by the misery of the past or of the present or of the abuse of others or the scorn of others, but rather to find newness of life and an abundance of life from within and between as we share it with other people who respect and care for us just as we do for them. We are made new, and our minds are made new, and we can see the world afresh and new, and we focus more on the good than on the bad. There's a lot of people who focus more on the bad than the good, and they make themselves miserable. But I don't think we have to do that. And I don't think God thinks we have to do that either, as that verse 5 also says. Write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. Well, if it was just about that moment or that time, why bother writing? I've said it, you've heard it, you know it, that's it, we're done. No, this is written for all time and for all peoples throughout history. These words are trustworthy and true. They're not false, they don't become false, they never were false. These are words that every generation can rely on. These are words that every generation can live by. These are words that can help us to be well, even when the world isn't. It can help us to have hope when no one else does. It can help us to enjoy and to appreciate and to be good to one another because of it when no one else can. This is the light in the midst of the darkness. This is the calm in the midst of the storm. This is the quality of life that Jesus offers us because we learn how to enjoy the abundance of our lives in spite of and even in the midst of the hardships and the difficult times. Now, that's a, that's a nice place to be, don't you think? <laughs> that's, a, that's a place that I want to live for. That's a place that I want to live to and live toward. And that's what the season of preparation for Christmas is all about. Now, in our world, in the American culture, it's a lot about buying presents. 
It's a lot about the uh, Christmas songs that are being played on the radio and on the Internet. It's about the Christmas specials, some of which have been for a long time, and we always look forward to seeing them. We pull them out every year. It's about hope. It's about looking forward. And part of that is by looking back. We remember the joys that we've had at Christmas's past when we were young or as we've gotten older, first as children, then as uh, adults, then as parents, then as grandparents. There's always a way and always a time in which we can celebrate the abundance of life. And that's a wonderful thing, and it's a wonderful place. But it doesn't have to happen just once in a while. It can be an abiding presence and an abiding thought that helps us to think about it all the time, that God is with us, God's home is within us, that God wipes away our tears in a variety of ways. God takes away the fear of death, takes away the mourning and the crying, takes away the pain, and gives us a whole new day, a whole new heart, a whole new spirit, a whole new beginning. Now, that's what we're celebrating in this season that the church calls Advent. It's four weeks of getting ready for Christmas. There's a lot of folks that aren't too involved in church anymore, but you still see the same themes that are coming up. Being kind to one another, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Uh, Looking forward to Christmas and the celebrations. Looking forward to the new year and the celebrations. Looking for hope out of the midst of the way life has been. We all look for that. That's one thing that that doesn't separate us from one another. How, how we see it, how we experience it may be different, but it is still a common hope, a common dream. And I think it's worth living for. I think it's worth living toward. I heard that once. I don't remember where I heard it or when I heard it, but it was interesting. I know what you're willing to die for, but what I want to know is what are you willing to live for? What is it that makes life worth living? It certainly isn't the dismay or the difficulty. It's not that. And it's not just God either, although I might suffer for that one. I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) But, But I think God is much bigger than that. And I think what God is concerned about is a lot more than one individual or one circumstance. I think life is to be abundantly full and rich and good. I think there's an awful lot of good in our lives. I think a lot of times we miss it. I think we miss it because we're focused on the wrong thing. On the other hand, when we open our hearts to hope, when we look for good and appreciate it in every possible way, celebrate it every time we can recognize it, it will help us to get an orientation towards recognizing when those blessings are present, to see when good is happening and to enjoy it. I remember a story where there was a guy who was... uh, running away from tigers. And uh, he uh, was running through the jungle, and he comes to the edge of a cliff, and he has nowhere to turn. And the cliff was so high that he couldn't, he couldn't possibly uh, survive a fall from the top. So uh, he doesn't know what to do as the tigers are getting closer. Finally, he sees a tree growing out of the side of the hill just below him. So he says, the only thing I can do is to jump down and hang on to that tree. And so that's what he does. He jumps off the cliff and the tigers get up to the edge of the cliff, but they're not going to jump off. So they kind of stand around up there and he grabs hold of this tree and he's holding on for dear life. 
he looks below and he realizes that at the base of the cliff, there is a nest of vipers, snakes, a den of snakes. And that's not where he wants to go for sure. So he's got tigers on the top and he's got snakes on the bottom and he's stuck on this tree in the middle. So what's he going to (laughs) do? He can't climb up. He can't climb down. What do you do? Well, you can give in to despair. You can give in to hopelessness. You can do an awful lot of things. What he discovers is that right at the edge of the tree, right where he was holding on, was a bunch of strawberries, beautiful, lush red strawberries. He takes a look up at the tigers. He takes a look down at the snakes, and then he looks at those strawberries. He says, you know, I'm going to try one of those. And he takes a bite of one of the biggest, reddest, juiciest strawberries. And you know what? That was the best strawberry he'd ever had. (laughs) I'll let you think about the rest of that. It's a beautiful story about making the most of our moment, isn't it? Let us not worry quite so much about things we can't do anything about. Let us make our life rich and full in every single moment and every single day. Let us be the best that we can be, because then our celebrations of Christmas and New Year's will be more precious than they've ever been. And they always will be, every year. And that's worth looking forward to, and it's certainly worth helping to make happen for those that we know, those that we love, those for whom we care. So that's our thought for this week. I hope you found it meaningful and helpful. I hope that it uh, brings a blessing to you, and if it does, that you'll share it with others. My name is Greg, and I'm the pastor of uh, Waystations Ministries, which brings to you this podcast and wishes you the very best. I thank you so much for your time and for your attention and wish you very well. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. See you next time. Well, I'd like to thank you for being with us this time and hope that you'll join us again next time, next week, when we get together for a little more time on the road together. May it be good for you all the way through.